Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our EBRD Style Venture podcast. Today with us, we have Vladislav and Dragan, both representing Furtherance and both being very active mentors in our program. Vladislav, over to you. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, hi, my, 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 my name is Ladislav, and uh, I have been in the EBRD Star Venture program for the past, it's going to be 12 months soon. We started last year in December with our first project uh, here in Serbia. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yes, please feel free to uh, introduce a bit more about what you do at Furderance as well, and uh, how you and, and Dragon are, are working together. Okay, so at Furtherance Consulting, what we focus on is basically helping early stage and seed stage startups uh, with sales and fundraising activities. What does that mean? So when when we talk about sales, uh, we like to talk about what the founder actually knows when it comes to sales, what is his experience, what is his kind of background. So that's always the first step. We look to understand what is his background and uh, what what is his kind of no- knowledge on uh, how to find clients, how to uh, create different customer groups, customer segments, how to identify the problems that his customer has, and and how to basically explain his solution and his product in order to sell better, faster, and to sell more to his client group. So we do everything from understanding the ideal customer profile to understanding the the markets that the company should target to as well talking about the uh, CRM, customer relationship management software and other lead generation tools uh, and how to basically search and find relevant clients for them. We also do, I would say, basic coaching for technical founders. So what, what usually tends to happen is that a lot of, I would say, a lot of IT startups are founded by technical founders who have 5, 10, 20 years of experience in software development, but have little to no experience in how to actually scale their business. Right, And they usually have a team between five and 10 people where most of the people they have are working either on administration, HR, and five or six software developers working on the actual product. So this is usually how how it starts. Uh, And then what tends to happen is that they usually get a couple of clients because they they asked their friends, they promoted it through social media, and, and they were able to get like the early adopters, so a, a small amount of clients, uh, but they don't know how to structure that and, and and how to understand where to find new clients and how not to, to stay in this, I would say, bubble of people that they know who are using their product, but rather get the people that they don't know to use their product as well. Right. So this is where the best value of ours comes in. So that's what we do on the sales consulting front. On the fundraising consulting, technical founders, they usually know technical stuff. They don't know a lot about venture capital, about fundraising, how to create the best pitch deck, how to create financial projections so that investors may understand the the impact and and the the cash flow that this company can get through their through a product or service and and this is also a, a challenge that a lot of companies have because they think it's 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 fine to just ask three or four or five vc companies and send them some random pitch decks with a lot of 
information on the pitch text, but not a structured story, right? So this is something that we try to teach founders about and, and try to explain to them how the VC industry looks like, how uh, what is the information that they need to provide to 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 the investors and uh, where to find in investors and like the best practices of basically doing the whole negotiation process and, and all that. So the question then from the audience would probably be, okay, so what what is your experience that you would be able to to teach people about sales and fundraising and, and stuff like that. So exactly, uh, exactly a little bit about my background. So I finished London School of Economics and Political Sciences. That was my major was basically economics. And during my faculty years, that was about five and a half, six years ago, I had my first startup. I had a technical co-founder who had an, an idea which was really interesting. And uh, I joined him as kind of a person to do sales and fundraising part because he didn't know that part very well, but he was a very experienced mobile app developer. When we started that company, I really didn't have any knowledge, right? So what I was doing for about two years of running that startup was basically speaking with a lot of mentors, a lot of say experts in many different fields, speaking with a lot of investors and, and just going through a lot of different courses, accelerator programs, and, uh, and and basically trying to figure out how to do sales and how to do fundraising for my company, right? That's basically how, how it started. And what, what, what happened was that uh, I really liked doing sales, but I also really liked talking with investors. So uh, after those two, two years of, of, of running that startup and when, when COVID hit, um, we, we actually had to to, to shut down. Uh, the reason that our startup failed was timing, but also it was the lack of experience that we had because we could have launched it maybe one year earlier, but but because of the the the, the inexperience that we had, we, we went through a lot of, I would say, fa failures. We spent too much time in the MVP phase. We didn't do the we, we didn't question our customers enough to understand the real problem that they had. So the first basically eight months was spent on solving a problem that we thought they had. And then the, the next one year was, was focused on solving the problem that they actually had. <laughs> so I, I would say we, we went through a lot of, I would say, failures during that time. And the conclusion was that I have, I gotten a lot of experience from that, but I, I also got really good experience to tell to founders, like what mistakes not to make <laughs> in order not to fail, I would say. And then after that, I moved on to Germany where I started working as a sales person in a small startup. I was employee number 15. And in, in that company, there were most of the people were technical people and the ceo was also a technical ceo but but he was also a, a very like he, he knew how to do sales but he didn't know how to structure the sales process how to structure the crm how to figure out what is the documentation that we want to send out to clients what are the clients that we want to go after do we want to go after startups or corporations or scale-ups what is the buyer persona and, and through my time in, in my own startup, I basically told him like, yeah, I've gone through all of these phases, so I can definitely help you out. So I was basically the first person in the sales team. I was also working with, with that CEO and helping him with like strategic strategic thinking about where to go in his startup. And also uh, I was I was talking to him about fundraising activities as well, because he, he was in this phase of 
okay, we have a couple of clients, I need a sales team and I need funding, right? So I, I was basically kind of working with him alongside him and helping him both on the fundraising end and also structuring the, the I would say, the sales team, which was at the moment non-existent, right? After about two years, that startup grew to about 40 to 50 people. We had a sales team of about five people and I had a, a pretty experienced sales director with over 30 years of experience in that specific industry, which was soft, it was software testing and, and, and quality assurance industry. So basically I was, I had a couple of people that I was working with in, in the sales team and I, and I was mostly in charge of the whole sales operations and sales processes. So after my full-time job from, from nine to five, because it was, it was the, the period of COVID and, and Germany, particularly there were no, like you couldn't go to restaurants. Everything was basically closed. I was bored. So I found a Berlin, Berlin based VC fund called, which stands for Axel Springer and Porsche. This is one of the, I would say the, the bigger early stage investors in, in Europe. They wanted to have a startup scout for the Balkan regions. I was doing that for about one year and I, I learned from the investor's perspective, like what they look for in a startup, how do the contracts look like, what are the key things, key metrics that, that they look for when a startup is pitching them and stuff like that. So I got really good exposure on the VC end as well. So fast forward, this is the reason why I do sales and fundraising consulting because I'm interested in bo both of those topics. And uh, I have also done that both for my own startup and, and also from the, the, in the industry perspective where, where I have gained experience on both of those topics. While I was while I was in Germany and, and, and working and talking with a lot of different startups and scouting them, during that period, a lot of startups would actually ask me for advice. Like, hey, I mean, I know you're a scout for this VC fund, but can you help me with the pitch deck? Can you help me figure out how to find the ideal customer for, for my company? Uh, I heard from a friend that, that that you failed, that you failed in your previous startup. Can you give me an example of what, what, what you think I might be doing wrong and, and in what area, right? So I was basically doing that for about one year, I would say for free. I was just giving out advice and everybody was kind of recommending me to somebody else, to somebody else. And, every, and everybody told me that even though I, I'm i not like a serial entrepreneur with millions and millions of, of dollars in my background, they actually gotten re really good and solid advice from me. Whereas with, with other much more experienced people, they weren't able to get such concrete advice on specific things that they are doing wrong. So that's when I uh, basically figured out that I can start my own consultancy and I can actually get paid for this. But more what was the bigger focus was that I can actually make an impact to a lot of founders in my region and also in Europe. So this was the, the main reason why we started Furtherance about one year ago. Yeah. So I, I am a serial entrepreneur over 30 years. And, and when I started, it was like uh, uh, in prehistoric times, <laughs> back in the 90s, uh, start of 90s, when, when communism fell in former Yugoslavia. And, and uh, I, I was... Uh, in the in this first wave of of uh, of private companies that that is allowed to to establish at that time, so all my life uh, I have some ideas and then they starting my my own companies. Uh, I never work for somebody else. 
So I, during, during my 30 years of career, I work in Serbia firstly, I changed four industries to exit was was not so is not failure but just have have a lot of experience but not so much money but it's a long story about economical destructions war in Yugoslavia things like that so I moved to Czech Republic and I start my new job with some ideas and after nine years in Czech Republic. I decide, you know, I have this nostalgia to back to my country and maybe to to all my knowledge, which I had to give to someone who is younger than me. And, and this is this is how it happens. I have the most successful exit uh, in my in my long career. And so so I was pretty relaxed at that time and I want to learn something new. This is how I met Vladislav. We talk about his ideas, and practically, I I realized later when when I start working with him that practically all my all my experience as a solopreneur or or serial entrepreneur can be very interesting, very good for startups because practically all my companies that I starting from the scratch is kind of startups back in time. Thanks, guys, and thank you so much for that intro. So as a next question, can I ask, what, what, why did you guys decide to become mentors and what, did, what attracted you to the Star Venture program specifically? Yeah, so what attracted us to the Star Venture program is that in the emerging countries that EBRD works in, one of the biggest challenges is startups don't have a lot of capital to invest in experts and mentors who can uh, teach them about topics that they need to know about, right? If a technical person has a startup and he doesn't know how to do sales, he can either find another co-founder who can do sales or he can hire an expert or a mentor who can teach him how to do sales, right? And and usually in, in these regions, capital is always a problem. So we, we wanted to find a way to help the startups but also not ha- not put too much capital pressure on them, but rather find ways to to help startups, but actually be paid through another program. Thank you so much. And what did you guys think of the program so far, the Star Venture program? Uh, yeah, so so far we we have worked with. I think we we only finished one one startup project. We are now starting with, with two of them. One is, the second one is also in Serbia and the third one is, is a startup from Kazakhstan. So it's it's been a really, I would say, fun adventure. We have been working with, with the, the first startups, we, first startup we work with, we co- we were able to cover both of the topics and, and in, in a short period of time, we were able to help them both find, the in, find investments and increase their sales in a span of like three months. With the, the startup that, that we we're working with now from, from Kazakhstan, we're very thrilled to, to work on, on an interesting project with them for the Balkan region because they have a, an interesting solution and uh, they want to see if that solution can be placed in the local market of Serbia, Croatia, and the other Balkan countries. And we are kind of their, their local partner on the one hand side. And on, on the other hand side, we are also teaching them and, and helping them improve their current sales processes. 
So we, we think the program offers tremendous value for both the startups as well as for us, the, the consultants. And what is a challenge that you have seen recurring in startups? And what is a piece of advice that you can give to them to, to try and overcome that challenge? Yeah. So again, the, the, depending on, on the on the type of startup, there are usually many, many different challenges that, that they face. But I, I would say three or four that, that, are, that are the most important reasons. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with the reasons why, why a lot of startups fail. So uh, I think there are four re really big reasons. One is uh, uh, cash flow. So uh, a lot of startups um, aren't able to secure either funding or find enough clients to, to have uh, recurring revenues in order to pay themselves and their employees. So, and especially in, in this time where a lot of the investors aren't investing in like really huge potential ideas. So they're, they're not investing so much in unicorns, right? They're investing more in camels, camels being animals who can survive a long time in the desert because they have water in, in their backs, right? Uh, so the, the, this is a, a really important thing. So a lot of founders have a challenge with with finding the right clients and, and being able to get paid for that and being able to have a good pricing in order to have more revenue than, than what they're spending. That is always a challenge. And also finding the relevant uh, investors who can who can both give them capital inflow, but also give them give them mentoring and give them their network and potentially find find clients for them as well. So sales and fundraising is always a big challenge for, for IT companies because mo most of them, as I have seen, are started by uh, technical founders in, in the Balkan region and across Europe and, and Middle East. So this is these are one of the, the, the bigger challenges, but, but also there are other challenges like they don't work well in a team. There are also challenges of timing, like when is the right time to actually have your idea and stuff like that, but yeah. And what is the biggest piece of advice you can give to entrepreneurs starting out? Yeah, so the biggest piece of advice that I can give to entrepreneurs is is if if you are starting your your startup, the, the first thing you have to understand that is that ideas can always change, right? And it, it's not the idea that builds a company; it's the execution of that idea that builds the company and it's the team that holds the company together. So a lot of time founders get fixated on, oh, I have X idea and, and I want to have that idea put into the marketplace. But what often happens is that that idea doesn't fit the problems that, that the industry is looking to solve. So one of the last questions for today, what is the biggest piece of advice you can give to startups starting out? Yeah. So the, the biggest piece of advice that I would actually give to startup founders is don't get fix fixated on the idea, get fixated on building a business and, and creating a team. So uh, why, why is that important? So the, I think that's important because a, a lot of startups think that they usually have this like great idea in mind of what they're going to build and how that's going to look like and how that will impact uh, the, the people who have problem X, right? But what, what usually tends to happen is that you, you make an idea, you make an MVP, you start out with, with putting it out there in the market. And then what, what you usually get is, is mixed, mixed signals and mixed feedback. So 
a lot of the, the times you actually have to make sure that you're not too much focusing on the idea, but rather you're focusing on the problems and the challenges that that uh, the people you want to to help uh, have, right? And what, what, what will happen is that you will pivot your idea a lot of times and, and you will change and you will iterate it. And if you're fixated too much on the idea, you will never, never actually solve the real problem that people have. You will just create an idea that nobody will want to use. So, and and with that, you will lose both time, money, effort, and, and as well, uh, you would be like personally and psychologically drained, which, which is something that actually happens a lot. Right. And last question for the day. What is your favorite book recommendation to give to a startup? Yeah, so many books that I would recommend, but I would say two two of the two of the most important for me would be How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That book talks about uh, interpersonal relationships, how to uh, communicate with it. it 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 talks about basically uh, human behavior and communication between people, but it can be related to both how you talk with your customers, with your with your founders and employees, as well as your potential investors in the future. That would be the first one, and the second one would be Chris Voss's "Never Split the Difference." Chris Voss is a, an FBI hostage negotiator, and he has an excellent book on negotiations. Right. And with that being said, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciated your insights and I'm sure everyone can take some few and many nuggets of gold out of this podcast. Thank you so much.